to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And we are back for our, Dwayne, what do you call it? The world famous news episode. <laughs> well, and I like to add the the uh, the adjective or descriptor, or uh, Sammy, you're the teacher, correct me on this, but soon to be world famous. There you episode. go. Um. <laughs> Uh, we have some items on the list here. Some of them, uh, more important than the others. And I'm not sure how newsy some of them are. We're in that sort of holiday period where nobody's breaking a lot of news, but yeah, there's some stuff, yeah. stuff that's worth getting into. Yeah. As we were gathering uh, topics for this week, I was really worried, uh, up until today when I opened the knock and I was like, Oh, great. There's more <laughs> than two. <laughs> I think HBO and the and BBC helped us out. Yes, yes. We, we appreciate both of those services very much um, for helping us sponsor this show. <laughs> That's happened before. We've been nervous about like how much we've got, whether it's you know going to be like discussion-worthy, the kind of stuff. And it's always – we've always ended up with you know enough to talk about and good enough stuff to talk about. That sometimes the, Ellis, we can let's talk about run anything. to the newsroom – and get these books. All right. Uh, and by the way, I want to say this on the air. Uh, Dwayne, you're killing it with the new Sounders, bud. Uh, I really, well, thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. I've enjoyed re-listening to the episodes. They've been good. Uh, so our first item here, though, is so when the last season of Game of Thrones came out, it was criticized because it felt like. They were rushing through the last season so that the creators could get to their Star Wars trilogy. Mm -hmm. I heard lots of Game of Thrones fans say that. Um, So, Sammy, what's the news about that Star Wars trilogy? So, um, basically, Benioff and Weiss are out. Uh, (laughs) Their Star Wars trilogy has been sent to the trash compactor, and Dianaga has finished it off. Uh, So... (laughs) Uh, but yeah, and there's some questions with this. You know, they're trying to figure out. You know, people are speculating: did this fall through because of basically this huge deal that they signed with Netflix, um, and it's going to mess the schedule up? Because I think originally they were scheduled for a 2022 trilogy, as far as starting in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Hmm. See, I, I'd heard that some of the Disney higher ups were unhappy with the way that last season of game of thrones went and that when they were no longer working off of martin's stuff everything really suffered and so they took that as a sign like when these guys are working on their own quality dips and so that was the rumor i I saw yeah i was uh kind of concerned as well with uh the rumors of the last season uh the beloved show game of thrones tons of diehard stalwart fans but when you get when you got to this last season, there was a lot of controversy. Now in Star Wars, controversy is a thing that you know we're not unaccustomed to with the prequel trilogy. <laughs> uh, certain characters, Ewoks, George R. Binks, and uh, most notably and most recently, and even with our episodes, The Last Jedi, uh, you know, really uh, polarized fandom. But uh, I don't know if they were trying to avoid another. Um, you know, scandal, so to speak, or if these guys possibly had just developed kind of an overview of a story 
end up, you know, Lucasfilms want to maybe hand it off to some other directors and writers to complete. Well, you know, um, I know a lot of talk has been placed on Kathleen Kennedy, you know, having a uh, famously firing everyone, so to speak. <laughs> but uh, I'm really, you know, not one to give her too bad of a rap. I mean, she's gotten where she's gotten to in Hollywood. I'm sure, you know, of course, politics are going to play a role in it. But I'm sure she's had to have had, you know, quality vision and work along the way. Now, whether she's competent enough to serve some uh, a company as, as large as Lucasfilm with Disney or if it's kind of gotten out of her hand or if, you know, like I think, they're just, you know, developing sections of stories. You're, 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 you guys develop a story. Okay, you guys take the best of that and make it even better, you know, and letting things grow that way. Well, you know, from an interview that I read recently from Benioff and Weiss, we may have dodged a blaster bolt here. And, uh, <laughs> and and that's because, you know, they admitted in this interview that they didn't really know a whole lot about George R. R. Martin's story. Uh, they didn't know a whole lot about the background when it came to Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even that they weren't really interested in a lot of the fantasy elements and so they would try to kind of, um, if you, if you, you know, I didn't watch the whole series. I've watched, watched pieces, but you know, we were a few seasons in before we got dragons and yeah. they wanted to dodge a lot of fantasy aspects and do a lot more grounded story beats. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you're going to dodge that in star Wars, I mean, what's going to come of that? Have you read uh, any of the game of Thrones books, Jamie or Sammy? No. Um, well, I, I stayed on brand and read some of the comic book adaptations. <laughs> okay. Well, I've been uh, I've been wanting to dive into them. I know they're kind of controversial with some of the content things. I've been wanting to dive into uh, the books before I got into the series. Kind of concerned getting into the series with some of the content, uh, you know, so to yeah, speak. That's, that's but, why that's why I did the comic book adaptations because I figured yeah. it would go faster. I could just get a feel for the story without spending you know the amount of time you would reading a giant novel. Yeah, it seems to me that what is going on in that in that world is it used to be a world of magic and fantastical things, and everyone's kind of settled into the mundane day to day. But you know, dragons and dire wolves and these uh, you know zombie-like ice creatures are beginning to make a comeback. You know, the White Walkers. Seems, yeah, the White Walkers. That seems to be where. Uh, where it's happening I'm, I'm almost finished with the first book and you know there's lots of of course the groundwork being laid but uh, from what i gather it seems like a world that has kind of been fantastical settled down and now becoming such again right well so, i watched the first season and that's about as far as i got because i was just uncomfortable with some of the things in it i'll be quite honest <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty racy uh, but you know if yeah. you've seen the first season you've seen sean bean die which is all you ever need to see <laughs> you know, a movie's not a movie unless sean bean dies so. that's right <laughs> i if i was that guy i would either embrace it or have it written into my contract that i had to die i yeah, mean he, or, or or that i had to live i would either lean into it or run away from it yeah, he, he, he his claim to fame so. Yeah, he embraces it fully. There is a meme, I'm sure, with his blessing that has uh, the year he was born. And the F on the screen. One of my favorite movies um, 
this is this is really obscure and you probably say bad things about me. This is this high up on my personal list. Is this movie called Ronin? Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a heist movie. De Niro and Sean Bean in it. A really young, uh, blonde, teased haired Sean Bean, and he lives in that one. Oh well, <laughs> that's great. Well, before we move on, I want to I want to ask you guys a last question, and we can. I know we've kind of flogged this one a little bit, but are you sad about this? Were you, were you looking forward to a Game of Thrones, Star Wars, or? Um, I was kind of looking forward to the the potential, uh, you know, Middle Ages take on it. If they were going to, uh, I've heard rumor of kind of going to be like visiting the Old Republic, the origin of the Jedi, you know, kind of an, you know couple thousand years back story there uh, that was one of the things that interested me and them having kind of played in that middle ages quote-unquote fantasy world with game of thrones you know was interesting but if they are not fans of that if they're not going to you know take the lore uh, that's been already established and honor that at least uh, then i'm not sad yeah, I'm kind of the same way, I think. Um, when I first heard about them coming on, you know, with their background in, with Game of Thrones, I was thinking they would be a perfect fit for a Tales of the Jedi, Knights of the Old Republic mm-hmm. type of story. And I thought that would translate pretty well. Um, but like I said, I mean, especially with the negative reviews of the final season. You know, I don't know. Maybe, like I said, maybe we dodged something here. So, well, I've got. A, well, how about how about a proposal then? If we're determined to do an old school fantasy Star Wars movie, and they want a trilogy, how about Peter Jackson? No. 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 <laughs> if if he hadn't have made the Hobbit mess that he made, I would be all over it. <laughs> Yeah. But what he the 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 liberties he took and, and what he done with that story and movies, um uh, I, I I can't I can't <laughs> abide the man. <laughs> Sorry, was that was that a little too quick? <laughs> no, but I mean I see I, I think the problem with the Hobbit movies is he said it with his own mouth. Um he said he when he made their Lord of the Rings trilogy that he felt he had to be faithful to Tolkien's story. Because he felt like uh, obligated to, like out of reverence for it. When it came to The Hobbit, I saw his interview. I saw it come out of his face, and I was blown away that he said it after watching the hours and hours and hours of extra features on those (laughs) box sets. He said he 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 felt like he had ownership now of the the Tolkien universe. And so he felt like he could take liberties, and he could play with the story. So if, if if we can get a guy who's more... If we could get Peter Jackson, who feels a reverence for the material, we could get a good Star Wars trilogy out of it. Yeah. But if he feels like he owns the Star Wars universe, then we're in trouble. So I think no, if no, we no. could get him in the right frame of mind, I think we could get some great Star Wars movies. But you're right, it's, it's never going to happen. Yeah. So our next item on here is, and I think Sammy put this on here, so I'm going to let you, you run with this one. HBO Max may launch. Correct. Um, so, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, these streaming wars that are, are occurring and we've discussed the concept of Disney plus, you know, Disney's looking to kill Netflix in a year and all of this. <laughs> so, of course, the next move on the chessboard is going to have to be Warner. 
and they've been playing around with this idea of a streaming service for a while. And so they're going to bundle their HBO name, and it's going to be HBO Max. And then, like I said, I know we've talked about this. So they're launching May 2020. So that's the date that I'm seeing. Um, price point's a little higher. It's $14.99 a month. Uh, but it's supposedly kind of comparable to an HBO subscription. And from what I'm seeing, they're, they're guaranteeing 38 original titles in 2020. Wow. With another 12 in 2021. So we're looking at 50 original kind of shows, you know, kind of content coming out of HBO max Mm -hmm. within the first year and a half, essentially. That's Disney numbers for double the price. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I've got a, I got a couple questions on this one. Um, see, I, I, I did the cord cutting about a decade ago, and so I'm really out of touch with everything HBO. Didn't they purchase Cinemax? They've yes. owned Cinemax for a long time, yeah. Okay, that's yes. what I thought. Don't. That's why it's called HBO Max. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> that. that. That leads me to my next question. Um, so Warner Brothers owns HBO, mm-hmm. and they own DC. Yes, so they already have a streaming service called DC Universe. Yes, they do. So is this really gonna? I mean, are they gonna shut that down and roll all of that into this? Is it gonna be HBO, DC, and Cinemax all on the one thing? Or now, if they would bundle, if they would bundle that in there, that might be that might be kind of a feasible deal. You know, if they were yeah. to bundle in their uh, dc stuff so i'm interested i know my subscription to dc universe goes through december so we'll uh we'll see what happens on the other side of that <laughs> well, you know another interesting thing that warner owns is a harry potter yes so that could be that could be another thing there too well, they've yeah, already said really that. For them. Now, um, so this the might not be, if, if they play this right, it might not be that bad. Yeah. Well, they've already said, like, all of the CWDC stuff, after it's run on the CW, will will come to their service. They'll also have Friends uh, and a number of other kind of syndicated television shows that will be available streaming. It will actually be the only place that I think the entirety of the Big Bang Theory will be available. Friends um, is going to be on they, HBO. Aren't they yeah. doing a resurrection of Friends? Isn't that kind of in the works already? I don't know. They've talked a lot about it. So Well, that may be on our news episode next next you week. You never know. <laughs> and even they have the exclusive streaming rights to they're going to have the exclusive streaming rights to the modern Doctor Who series. Uh, through at least three more seasons, uh, 12, 13 and 14 is what they've reported. Well, Sam, I, I can't think sign up for another streaming service. Yeah, see, that's my <laughs> I, I can't do another one. There's, I've already signed. I mean, I've already signed up for, um, you know, Disney Plus. I think I'm up to either four or five. I've even lost. I've lost track. <laughs> I can't do another one. A lot of people are complaining about, and this is the thing that we've said before. You know, a lot of people are complaining about their cable bill being two hundred dollars. Well, now we're having two hundred dollars in streaming services, you know, coming in with with exactly. Netflix, It'll with, get there. Um, with you know Disney now, uh, Hulu, um, you know Amazon H- Prime, HBO, um, um, yeah, 
Yes, CBS, uh, you know all this, all this stuff. Uh, one thing that's uh, that's interesting with the uh, with the HBO Max coming up is uh, they've announced a Green Lantern series, yes. which uh, I think is very timely and very uh, very good. Uh, the uh, Ryan Reynolds movie was, you know, kind of a fiasco. Didn't uh, didn't get the love. I won't say it deserved, but it, it probably got a little more hate than it deserved. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I would love to see a new take on the Green Lanterns. One of my favorite, favorite, even though I'm a Marvel guy, Green Lantern's my favorite DC guy. Yeah, I, I love Green Lantern. Too. I've, I've, I mean, I'm actually one of the, I think, the only DC title I'm reading right now is Green Lanterns. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Uh, that's the spinoff one with Jessica Cruz and Jessica Simon Cruz Baz. And Simon Baz, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, but, uh, so let me ask you guys this. So if you're you're both digging GL, right? So we know this is going to be set in space. Mm-hmm. So do you want to see it focus on one lantern like Hal or Kyle, or do you want to see a core? What would you like to see, Buddy? Cop, I would like to see the lantern. Yeah, I would like to see a like more of a core. Yeah, I think that would be a good strength. And you know, you're going to have to have just for structure of a TV show, you're going to have to have a main focal character, you know, which could be mm-hmm. Hal or one of the other guys. Uh, but yeah, a lantern core I think would be great. You know, facing down Sinestro or you know, any any of these uh, you know their galactic bands. See, here's what I think would work really well. You've got that one central lantern. But very similar to like a Marvel team up, you bring mm-hmm. in a new core member like for each story, for each arc. And so you maybe have a Hal or a Kyle as your main character, and then you can bring a Kilowog or a Salak or a even Chip, the Green Lantern Chipmunk in. Uh, just whoever, <laughs> right? <laughs> just for you know, for a, a three story arc or a four story arc. And that I think would give kind of light to some of the other core members, and to keep that that focal character. Yeah, I think you need to keep a focal character, but I think uh, we need a, a you know a bigger view of the Lantern Corps. I think uh, how it functions and things, and yeah, maybe have uh, maybe have a couple team up adventures. You know, kinda, you know some of the buddy cop Lantern adventures. I, I think I think the budget will will decide a lot of that. Yeah, because a lot of the lanterns are aliens, and I mean, I mean, how how big and epic are the space adventures going to be? I mean, the budget yeah. will constrain a lot of that. Well, I mean, now with your Asian, uh, you know, animation houses, uh, these uh, these you know computer animated deals are not you know too outrageous, and you know you're having a lot of these shows are having you know, a hundred million dollar budget over ten episodes. You know, so you've got 10 million per episode. So, you know, of course they're not going to have Ryan Reynolds. So they're going to be justified in digitizing a lantern body. You know, when you've got a guy built like Ryan Reynolds, you, know, you don't digitize a lantern body on him. You know, you just, you just put a suit on him and let him show off. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, th- I think uh, that uh, that's kind of uh, one of the things, even if they don't go with the 400 million, you know, with the 10 million per episode, which we're seeing like with Game of Thrones and with the Mandalorian and stuff, you know, they can still get a lot of bang for their buck. And, you know, they've got two other series that they've announced for this other than Green Lantern. 
Uh, one is a series called Strange Adventures, which is going to be a science fiction anthology series uh, using the DC character Adam Strange and then some of the kind of, um, you know, Space Ranger, Space Cabbie, maybe some of those types of characters. Now, the Did one that know? I know would... The one that I knew would inter really interest a lot of people, and this is definitely snark on my part, is DC Superhero High. So this is being produced by Elizabeth Banks and her company. So I can see the look on James' face. I may have convinced him to sign up for HBO Max just for this one. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I've Feelings occurred. Okay, um, I have two questions about this, though. Um, first question is, this is probably more of a statement than a question. This is just probably me being pompous and, and putting a question mark at the end to make it sound a little less pompous. But this is just a response to Mar the Marvel TV shows on Disney+, Plus, right? I mean... Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, it's your it's your classic Marvel versus DC Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So here here's my real question then. Um, I thought this was the one JJ was gonna make a movie of because when he signed on to work for DC, he got to pick two. I'm gonna do Superman and I'm going to do Green Lantern. Green Lantern, yeah. exactly. So why is there a Green Lantern TV show? I'm that was that was the thing that really made me scratch my head. Jamie, my friend. DC has not found a way to do a cohesive, linear universe. So it doesn't matter. What you're it saying. doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't All matter. Right. And really, truly, there are, you know, what, you've, you've got Hal Jordan, John Stewart. How many lanterns do you have? So he could tell I've said story. for years, the way you fix this is simple. You forget Hal Jordan's thing. You hire Idris Elba. Put, give him a ring, and you—he's John Stewart, and you're all good. <laughs> you're seventy-five percent there. I mean, you've got a seventy-five you know, percent on your way to a good movie. Just put Idris yeah. Elba in the suit, you're fine. And then, and then you hire John Cena to play Guy Gardner. So that's not as crazy as it sounds. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, it wasn't intended to be as crazy as it sounds. Okay. <laughs> I would go watch anything with somebody playing Guy Gardner. I love Guy. You gotta have the bowl cut though. You do. The bowl cut have to be present. Yeah, that's why I said John Cena and not The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> John Cena has the hair. He's also got a pretty good sense of humor. I think he'd do the bowl cut. Yeah, yeah, I think. But oh yeah, I think he completely, totally would. But Sammy mentioned something a little bit earlier that he's a huge fan of Doctor Who. And coming up, we've got some BBC news. Yes. So, um, you know, once again, even though the Halloween season has passed us, we did get a little uh, treat with our tricks and treats, and um, that was a trailer for a new miniseries dealing with Bram Stoker's. Dracula. And I, I, this wasn't on my radar. I, I didn't know this was a thing until I saw it on the outline here. And I went and looked at the trailer on IMDb. And how is this on the BBC? I've seen BBC shows. Where do they find the dollars to make this? Because it looks amazing. <laughs> well, it's going to be a joint production between the BBC and Netflix. 
Oh. We will so be able to see it on Netflix in the States. <laughs> so, that's, so I guess that's where the dollars came from. Yeah. Now, what's really cool and what, what really makes me excited about this, it is just three episodes. So it is a mini series. So this isn't a, a television, you know, kind of 15 series type of thing. But um, is it, it's being put on by Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss. And these are the two guys that brought us Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock. And mm-hmm. I loved the Sherlock. Uh, Moffat was also the, the showrunner that brought us both the 11th and 12th Doctors. Um, Mark Gatiss has done numerous things. He's been writing. He's done books. He's done television screenplays. And he loves classic horror. So he loves the old Hammer horror movies. So I'm really excited to see where they go with this and you yeah, get a feel for that great. just from the trailer. Yeah, so this is going to kind of be an askew view of the Dracula universe. Uh, and that's really cool. I think that's going to be a good uh, take on that because we've not had a good take on Dracula. Um, you know, Francis Ford Coppola took a, probably the best swing anyone's taken out of here lately. That'll be an easy Keanu connection. That would be an easy Keanu connection. <laughs> 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 this is true. This is true. Well, sticking to it oh, across the pond there, um, we've got a new Scrooge coming. Uh, Sammy, you want to tell us a little more about that one too? You're our BBC go-to guy. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I do have to ask, do we need another version of A Christmas Carol? Do we need to see this? Well, with Guy Pierce <laughs> playing Ebenezer Scrooge, I say yes. I say yes. Yeah, with, yeah. You put Guy Pierce in something. I'm watching it. Um, when I saw this on the list, I was like, mm, "Don't know about this." I'm still not sure we need it. Okay. But okay, Sammy. Before we got on here, you told me everybody was in this. So, so ne- give the cast list that we know so far, and I think right. our listeners will actually get more excited. So, along with Guy Pierce playing Ebenezer, uh, we, right now we're also going to have. Um, Andy Serkis playing the ghost of Christmas past. Uh, we have Tom Hardy in a not yet named role. So everywhere I look, they're still not giving uh, his character. And what I really found interesting is originally before he passed away, Rucker Howard was supposed to be in this. He was going to be the ghost of Christmas future. And oh, wow. now they've got an actor named uh, Jason Fleming. I don't know a whole lot about him. I know he was in Pennyworth and a couple things like that, but I don't know a whole, I know his face, but I don't know a lot of his body of work. Um, but just, you know, the idea, like I said, Guy Pierce and, and Andy Serkis and Tom Hardy. I mean, I'm on board. I'm going to give yeah. this, give this a shot. And it's written by the same uh, crew that did Peaky Blinders. And I've not really watched that, but I've heard good things about it. Yeah, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm pretty well set on the Christmas Carol storyline since uh, Bill Murray took his swing at it. Um, <laughs> but when I heard that cast list, I, I'm, I, I'll check it out. I'm, I'm more intrigued yeah. now. Yeah, that's that's a great cast on a on a classic classic story. Guys, let's hit the round table rewind.
All right. And once again, our friends at HBO are helping us out here. Um, I I want to run with this one because I put it on <laughs> the list it. because it, it, it entertained me so much. <laughs> so so um, HBO has been looking for a successor to their successful Game of Thrones TV show. And they got really creative and decided to just do Game of Thrones spinoffs. Um, they created a, a, a prequel pilot for a Game of Thrones spinoff. And they apparently had private screenings for it that went so well, they've canceled the spinoff and they're never, ever going to air the pilot. <laughs> well, well, Jamie, you said two words there that I have uh, much, much uh, distaste for. You said uh, a spinoff and creative <laughs> in the same brand. <laughs> Sometimes it works. Think about all those CSIs <laughs> floating around out there. Only, those, only those if they are creative, in, right? Only if they bring in the cute kid. <laughs> that's the, that's know, season three. Got to be the the eighties the eighties sitcom, <laughs> you know, dying out. So they bring in the cute kid. So. <laughs> oh goodness! Now there's a there's another Game of Thrones spinoff too, right? It's the um. The uh, the girl that was on uh, Doctor Who season, I forget which season it was. She was on some of the Capaldi stuff. The she's really young looking. She's not really young, I don't think anymore. Oh, uh, Macy Williams. Yeah, I could not pull her name yeah. out of the back of my brain. Now they're do- the the other spinoff is centered on her character, right? That and one she plays still. One of the Starks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is the other spinoff that's still in the works right i know they're also looking at I've, I've heard a little bit about that one and i've heard about another one called uh house of the dragon focusing on the targaryen family hmm. so like i said there's lots out there <laughs> <laughs> it feels like they're scrambling so but that's yeah just, yeah. yeah i just i, I love I, I forget where i heard this but like you know that yeah it was so good We'll never see it. <laughs> Not a ringing endorsement. That's, that's great. But uh, our next item is something that Sammy especially wants to see. What's our next item, Sammy? All right. So would and obviously you can tell that that my my uh, Hoovian nature is coming out in this episode. Um, so you know we have had our thirteenth Doctor for over a year now. But we've not seen her on television since New Year's Day. We've not seen an episode of, New- of Doctor Who since New Year's Day. The BBC and Chris Chibnall, the showrunner, have run silent for almost a year. We got a couple set photos that were leaked with uh, Jodie Whittaker and an old uh, kind of a character called the Jadoon. Uh, which is essentially is a uh, kind of a police horse, but looks like somewhat like a rhino. But this one has a mohawk, which is interesting. So we get this, and then nothing. Everything was black again. So Bebop and Rock Steady are on the next season. The Jadoon was in uh, actually introduced in David Tennant's run. Uh, when his first season with Martha Jones as companion. So they introduced the Jadoon. 
Um, yeah. But once again, very much like our tricks and treats that we got from the BBC with Dracula, now we get a photo. And all the photo is is this shadow of 13 protruding out of a TARDIS with emblazoned watch this space. And that is it. Once again, everything has crept back into darkness. No news, no trailer, no teaser. So my question to you guys, you know, I know you're not big Doctor Who guys, especially classic series, but can a television show keep its product viable taking these long breaks? What do you all think? Well, you know, Sam, a doctor is a doctor, no matter how small. <laughs> I think it is harder. Uh, I mean, cause there's, there's so many more options than there used to be. And it's so easy to get lost in the shuffle. I think it is harder to go silent like that. But Doctor Who is such a got such a big footprint in, in nerddom that I think they can do that, or maybe nobody else can. Right. Well, you know, really, it's the longest-running science fiction television series in history. So, I mean, it's got background to is it. Is it, though? It is. It is. Is it, though? There's a big gaps in that longest, in that running, you know, time frame there. It went from, what, 63 to uh, 87 <laughs> almost consecutively with a yes. few gaps. That was a great run. And then there's a big gap. <laughs> <laughs> and then 2005, right? <laughs> yeah. Well. No, but I, th- I think, I still think it's dangerous to do that, to go silent that long, to not have any, anything new coming out. It's, I mean, even for Doctor Who, I think it's still, uh, you're running some risks there. Well, you know, I think it affects marketing. You know, I mean, obviously, no matter if it's Doctor Who or Star Wars or whatever, you know, a lot of the money you make is on the back of merchandising. And if you're not out there in the public eye, your merchandise isn't going to sell. And that's, that's a lot of funds there. So you're not, you know, a few years ago, especially with Matt Smith's doctor, I mean, doctor who was everywhere. Yeah. You had, you know, everything from pajama pants to, you know, bow ties with, with the TARDIS on it, you know, now with all of this, I mean, you're not seeing those products out there. Well, and I I think too, that, I mean, going that long i think what you're in danger of really losing is the merchandising like you're talking about but also like the casual fans you've gathered mm-hmm. um maybe they're just finding something else on netflix or maybe they've gotten disney plus <laughs> and you know have a lot to watch now and they're not gonna bother you know checking out the new doctor who when it comes out or they'll even might not even remember to check for when it's gonna drop right yeah and so yeah, a lot of those casual fans, I think, are going to be the the casualties uh, in in these, so to speak, you know, large gaps. Uh, even from a series that's you know kind of synonymous for its gaps. All right, so um, I, I got I, our listeners have probably picked up on the on the uh, the fact that Sammy found a lot of our news for us. We keep throwing it to him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know who put the next one on the list. And so, um, Dwayne, I'm going to give you pride of place on this one. Netflix, The Witcher. The Witcher. What is well, this? 
All, all I know about this is that it's on Netflix. Apparently, Sam put this on here. <laughs> all I know about The Witcher is it's got a really cool name. There's a trailer, and it's on Netflix. <laughs> so, Sam, why don't you take it away again? Play it again, Sam. All right. So, Henry Cavill's hung up his super suit, but he's not given up on being an action star. So Henry Cavill is playing the character of The Witcher. And this is actually a book series as well as a video game series. So this hits a lot of nerddom, you know, rotted... What's that? It's comic books too. There are comic (laughs) books, yes. So this is is an interesting property to, to bring in. Now, the big reason I threw it on here is, yes, they dropped a trailer, and the trailer looks pretty cool. But I wanted to throw this to you guys just because the drop date is December 20th. That doesn't seem wise. What else is dropping that day, Dwayne? They may have a few people out of the house that day. I'm, I'm sure not... Everyone will be out of their house, but I'm sure a large contingent of Netflix's audience is going to be out. Uh, you know, with the uh, with the uh, rise of Skywalker premiere. Uh, now, which with it dropping on the twentieth, um, you know, rise of Skywalker is set to premiere the twentieth, so we're probably going to get a nineteenth, uh, you know, early evening show times there. So. Well, it may, may have uh, us something to do uh, while we're trying to process uh, Rise of no, Skywalker. No, they're not. Or some of us don't may, do that. You're going to go watch it like five days in a row every say, evening. Or some of us may be seeing it again the very next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, the, and for the people who aren't Star Wars fans, that's the week of Christmas. People are going to be traveling. They're going to be doing family activities. They're not going to be watching The Witcher on Netflix. <laughs> That's such a weird – I didn't notice the drop date. That is so strange. Yeah, and that's what got me. As soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very interesting. Now, Netflix, they don't release their, uh, their uh, you know, kind of uh, reviews and, and – uh, you know, their statistics, you know, how many shows are, are streamed or whatever. I'm sure they gather that. But they don't release it, so God, that's just strange to me. I don't, I don't see where the like you guys said. I don't see the business sense in that. Yeah, see, I, I would think it would make more sense to like maybe drop it on like the first week of January, to where all the people, most of the people who aren't going to watch Star Wars 37 times in the theaters are looking for something else to watch. Yeah, and they and they've spent all of their money on Star Wars. They'll sit at home, watch Netflix. Stay and stay in the nerdy side of entertainment. Catch yeah. some some witchers. People are you're 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 tired and you're pudgy from all of your Christmas eating, and you know, gonna sit on the couch and watch some witcher. That was like about a much better time to drop yeah. it. They just it's just weird. Yeah, um, you know, and even though this is a streaming thing, and even though probably the whole season is gonna drop and it's gonna remain there until they remove it, you know, but still, you want to have that drop have an impact. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that excitement. What a crazy excitement yeah. there. They're yep. severely muting that impact. Yeah. Uh, did you, did, so, so I hadn't watched the trailer until today, and I got the impression they may have learned some of the wrong lessons from Game of Thrones. 
because it feels like that the people who made The Witcher think that um, apparently orgies are what's really important in fantasy. Mm. <laughs> and so if you're going to make a fantasy show, you've got to make sure you have an orgy in the very first episode. That's what it looks like. I'm like, I don't think you people understand fantasy really. Yeah, so I'm not sure people are learning the right lessons. You got the yeah. wrong kind of fantasy going on there. Yeah, it's. I mean, it looks like it's going to be super gory. Yeah. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't. I mean, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. That's, <laughs> that's what I think of as fantasy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It looks interesting. It does. I mean, there's. I mean, it looks like Henry Campbell's giving a good performance, and some of the yeah. special effects are interesting. It's just like, I don't know that you had the Game of Thrones this up. Right, right. Yeah. And I, even, I was I think I was so baffled by some of that stuff. I didn't even notice the, the drop date. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh Sammy, um I would throw this to Dwayne, but I know who put the next one on the list too. Um CW's got a new show. Tell us about it. Another new show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dwayne. This is a Sammy episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so I'll have to work as hard for my payday. There you go. Uh, so, just, you know, the CW has started this series of kind of DC-based television shows, going all the way back to starting with Arrow, and they slowly continue to build this line up from Arrow to Flash to Legends of Tomorrow to Black Lightning to you know uh, Supergirl to all this, and now they've decided. Ooh, let's do Superman finally. And what they're doing here is, you know, they introduce the character of Superman and Lois Lane in the Supergirl series. And there's something in, in the Crisis Infinite Earths uh, crossover that's happening this year that's supposed to kind of bring Superman and Lois to the forefront. So they're deciding, oh, maybe we'll do a show. Let's spin off a show. But let's give Lois and Clark a child. So this is going to be very similar to what we've seen in the comics. Superman and Lois juggling parenthood with their jobs and superheroics. So, like I said, this mirrors a lot of what's happening in the comics. So I don't know. I don't know if we need another. And I love DC, but this is getting a little extensive now with the CW. I I think I've already seen this in The Incredibles and Sky High. Well, I was trying to work. I was trying to work out a Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher joke. That <laughs> in, in the last episode of series four of that. But. Yeah, well, that's what that's what I was thinking. I mean, are they bringing back? Are they bringing back? You know, uh, Dean Kane and, and Terry Hatcher? Or are we uh, getting uh, you know a Tom Weller and uh, who's who's the new guy that that Superman in, in the Supergirls? Because I haven't made it that far. I've heard, I've heard good things that he's good. Yeah, and yeah. he's Tyler Hoechlin, and he's really good. I, I like him really well. Um, I think he, he plays a good Clark Kent and a good Superman, so he plays the duality of the characters well. Um, I just don't know how I feel about another show being added to this lineup. And I know Arrow's being, you know, this is Arrow's last season, but is this the direction they need to go, especially with everything we've talked about with HBO Max and, you know, DC streaming? I mean, we don't know where all this is going to go. Well, I'm sure HBO Max now. is going to need some more content. 
Oh, as as far as CW. Yeah, how many DC shows have on CW now? So you got Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, and Batwoman. Batwoman was the newest addition this fall. So this will be seven. So this will be seven. And then once Arrow's gone, I mean, it falls still to six. But that's six different shows with DC properties uh, that seem to cross over a lot. (laughs) Did you name Gotham? Uh, Gotham Gotham is a fox. They they were on Fox. So So I I keep hearing. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that's another thing. You had Gotham on Fox. You have all these CWs. Pennyworth, which came on this summer, was on Epics. It's like they can't even get it all together on one network. <laughs> Let alone well, I, a cohesive story. <laughs> so I, I now the guy who played um, uh, Hellblazer is on Legends of Tomorrow right now, right? Yes, and that's the best part of it. Now, Matt well, Ryan I, plays Constantine. So. That's the name. Yeah, Matt Ryan. I couldn't think of his name. Now I keep hearing rumors they're going to spin that back off into a TV show. Can I, I, I would love that. That was one that was on NBC, though. So yeah. that the character, his Constantine debuted on an NBC Constantine, and then NBC cut it. Supergirl yeah. debuted on CBS, and they cut it after the first <laughs> season, and the CW picked it up. So it's a mess. Yeah, that's wild. Well, speaking of people who don't make messes, we've got some Marvel moves, Dwayne. We get to talk now. Yay! Yay. <laughs> so, um, they've released, uh, well, they've announced that they've started production on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV show, which I am so thrilled about. Um, but I've seen, I, I saw, I heard news that like that uh, Anthony Mackie had really had taken a picture of his and Sebastian Stan's uh, chairs from the set. I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. So I went looking around. I found a, like five or six steals from production. I don't know why the chairs were big news, but. Um, so I've seen uh, some of the cast, like Sharon uh, Sharon Carter's back. Um, the guy whose name I'm forgetting who played Baron Zemo, which they didn't call him Baron, did they? Uh, but Zemo from Zemo, yeah, yeah, he's back. He's going to be the big bad for season one from Winter Soldier, yeah, yeah. And it, it just looks really interesting. And so I'm 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 getting I'm always already excited, but I'm getting more excited about it. And it looks like from what little I've seen, like the new outfit that Zemo has. Like they're, they're putting, I mean, it's Disney money. They've got, you know, endless supplies of like gold laying around. Uh, but it looks like they're putting some money into it. I mean, it looks like it's going to look good, like you know, MCU level quality. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm excited about this. I loved, loved, loved the interaction between, uh, you know, Falcon and, and Winter Soldier when, the, you know, they're, 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 they're riding in the car. He's, you know, can you move your seat up? No, no. <laughs> And, you know, they're just, you know, giving each other a hard time. But, you know, they, they go to battle together and they and they really pull together. Um, and I'm so excited to see that continue, you know, these uh, and, and their dynamic, you know, the, the darkness of Sebastian Stan and the and the hilarity of, of Anthony Mackie um, are, are just going to be great. And I'm so glad that they're bringing back Zemo. We've had so many great villains that have just popped on screen for a moment and, you know, either killed off or banished to another realm and they've disappeared. And we've not really, you know, aside from Loki and the brief appearance of uh, Red Skull, 
we haven't really had these guys come back like they do in their comic books and keep tormenting our heroes. And so I'm so excited that the actor who played Zemo, I thought done an excellent job and I'm so glad he's going to get a chance to chew up some more scenery. Yeah, he's good. And what I think about this show is definitely going to kind of work really well with our show is one of the writers is Derek Kolstad, who is the creator of John Wick. Oh. oh, so there's our Keanu connections, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and putting Bucky in a John Wick style storyline could be <laughs> really entertaining. Very much so. Un- unleashing the Winter Soldier could be a, a feast. Butt. Yeah. To kick All much. right. Uh, you're, you're talking about butts being kicked on the set of that. If we're talking about butts being kicked, let's get to Trinity time where I get my butt kicked on every episode. All right. So last time somebody had the big idea to do Terminator Dark Fate. Um, I'm not going to blame anybody because I can't remember back that far. Um, so, Dwayne, what were the numbers? It was Sammy. Okay. Raise his hand. All right. He owned it. Is me. You know, really, this is a, a much anticipated addition to the Terminator Was it though? Uh, universe because <laughs> we're, we're bringing back Arnold um, and we're, you know, kind of doing away yeah. with some of the funky stuff that happened on some of the other ones. So, kind of a soft, softish reboot, uh, you know. But yeah, the numbers we were looking at, Jamie, you projected this thing to do. 49. Sam, you forecast a 65. I foretold a 42. <laughs> I thought Sammy. I thought Sammy was being wildly optimistic. Now tell us the number. <laughs> I, I thought Sammy was being wildly optimistic too. Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> is giving us a very fresh 72%. For this I can't show. believe that. I am blown away. So, Jamie, of course, keeping <laughs> up with your character, you have still found a way to be wrong. Uh, I'm more wrong this time, but Sam... I call that a win. Was <laughs> <Yeah. close. laughs> You're not in the show position, right? You're in place. <laughs> I really, I really thought I, when it, when Sammy said his number on the last last one of these, it was like sixty five. I'm like, what is he thinking? <laughs> Sam lost his marbles. I, I told you, aren't a non CGI Arnold's back? That's gonna pull him in. And the fact that that the original Sarah Connor's back, you're gonna get that nostalgia fix. So, did we well, ever I, figure out how involved Cameron was? I don't believe so. I, no, I not, haven't heard anything. His name is attached to it somewhere. I wonder if he's just producing or if he was – maybe some of that Cameron touch did something. I maybe think he was they probably involved. just asked him. I think they probably just asked him if they could uh, you know, send him a check to use his name. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. He may, he, may have had, uh, he may have had his hand in this thing because – you know, with with those kind of numbers, we we haven't seen those kind of numbers, uh, you know, to the last few Terminator movies, and uh, you know that that was really surprising. Seventy two percent for Terminator Dark Fate coming up, guys. I don't know about the story; it's very interesting to me. 
but I do know about the cast on this thing is phenomenal. But Ford versus Ferrari. We spoke about it a couple news episodes ago. You have uh, Christian Bale and Matt Damon going head to head um, as as a Matt Damon is Carol Shelby developed the uh, Ford's Ferrari killer. And uh, you have uh, John Bernthal, is it? Is it yeah. Lee Coca? Great cast. Uh, great cast. So, guys, what are we predicting uh, for a Rotten Tomatoes for this bad boy? I'm going to go ahead. Go- Oh, okay, Dwayne's going first. Okay. Sammy had a look on his face. I've already put my number down, as you guys have famously remarked it with the notes. Um, I'm saying this is going to get a 76%. I really think it's going to be a better movie than 76%, but I think the people that are going to see it and the audiences, you know, it's it's not going to connect with as, as much. I'm thinking 76%. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going much higher. Um, because this is a period piece. Critics love that. Um, mm-hmm. I think this has got a little bit of Oscar bait, you know, kind of, you know, smell wafting off of it. It's got a great cast, couple of like method actors, you know, you know critics love that. Um, and it just looks good. So I'm going all the way up to 91%. 91. Wow. Right. Even though John Bernthal's costume and makeup were a little bit confusing to me, the last trailer I saw, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they took a little bit of liberty with appearances there. But yeah, I've seen pictures. I know what Leo Coco looks like. It ain't that. It ain't that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sammy, round it out. What you got, bud? All right, I, I guess I'm going to play the middle ground this time. I'm going in eighty-five percent. 85%. Well, I'm the low guy here. That's, the, <laughs> that's two in a row you've been the low guy. That's two in a row, yeah. So uh, 91 for Jamie, 85 for Sam, and 76 for myself. Uh, there we go. Let's see where this thing lands on the racetrack. That probably, is probably, Rotten Tomatoes. Probably near the bottom now that I've went high on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll, it'll come in at 42. <laughs> yeah, that's how that'll go. And see the title, see the headline now, Ford versus Ferrari stalls out. <laughs> <laughs> in first lap. Dead at the starting line. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm truly excited for this movie. Uh, that, you know, like you guys said, I love period pieces. I love kind of the documentaries where it tells a story. Um, and, you know, You've got great actors portraying these roles, so I, I'm thinking it's going to do well. But I think we're going to get a lower score than this thing deserves, just because I don't think a lot of the I don't think it's going to get the the wheels that uh, that uh, you know it needs. How many more car metaphors can we work in? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will I will give it this much: of every movie we've ever discussed for Trelawney. This is the only one my significant other is excited about seeing. <laughs> so would you say she's revved up to see it? <laughs> <laughs> so, but that that's just something. The fact that she even wants to see this thing and she's excited about seeing it. So, Well, Jamie, I know we're not gearheads. I know we're not. 
<laughs> you know, uh, race fans. But what is one thing that we do here at Nerds of the Round Table? We keep it nerdy. Graphically novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not so classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics.